it's Laura here from the podcast. I was very lucky to recently catch up with Zalavir Nelson Jr. and have a chat with him on my Twitch channel all about his latest game, An Airports for Aliens, currently run by dogs. He's also, of course, the narrative designer and co-writer of Hypnospace Outlaw. So I had a bit of a chat with him about that and the new game as well. And here's what he had to say. So I'm very excited to have a chat uh, with Zalavir Nelson Jr., who was the co-writer of uh, Hypnospace Outlaw and the narrative design, and has also come out with a very interesting game called An Airport for Aliens, currently run by dogs. Now, I got that right, didn't I, Zalavir? You did. Hooray! Got uh, the entire thing right in one go. Congratulations. Yay! Or Dog Airport Game, as I believe it's also called. Yes. That you're calling uh, it anyway. <laughs> I, I chose to give myself an escape hatch. Yep. So like, for example, in times like this, when it's like, man, it would be multiple syllable words are fraught. You can just default to dog airport game, just directly reroute conversation. So, yeah. And I think you've done well with that. That makes sense. It's It's a good, you know, that you're thinking one step ahead there, thinking of the marketing, you're doing very well with it. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, as much as you want to. How did you get into making games? Because I believe you, you didn't, you weren't always a games developer. You, you, you were doing other things first and then you started writing. Tell us, how, how did you get into it? Long story short, uh, I was a 12 year old child who pretended to be an adult so I could become a games journalist and get games for free. Yes. Uh, I was a children's librarian. Uh, I now am a narrative director and studio head releasing such things as an airport for aliens currently run by dogs and space world organ training simulator, which comes out later this year. So uh, the delirium doesn't leave. We just channel it in different ways now. Excellent. That's, that's a good way of describing making games to be fair. Um, if you don't mind, I'd also be interested in very quickly talking about Hypnospace Outlaw, because I think that's uh, one of the projects a lot of people will know you for. But you, you kind of came into the project halfway through, didn't you? And, and what, was, what was it like joining that? And, and how, how did it grow with you working on it? It was delightful. Uh, a lot of the backbone of like what the game was had been established at that point. It was about... It had already gone through its own pivots, so it was definitively a game about researching uh, and moderating a alternate universe Y2K era internet. Uh, just a lot of that internet did not fully exist, and that's like, in what order do we present these things? What is the overall structure of this game that makes it emotionally impactful? We need to answer that. And so I, I had the, the pleasure of uh, alongside the really great content that came not just from folks such as the creative director, Jay Tholen, and uh, our other collaborators, um, like uh, making sure I have the name right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so my clash. Um, but we also had like a lot of community content. There was a lot of people who contributed pictures or images or specific stories to the world of hypnospace as well. So I had this very um, exciting challenge of not just creating new things to fit this foundation, but also taking everything that had been pr produced 
and finding what form to deliver it through. Um, that one made this absurdly highly scoped games something that could ship, and two presented it in such a way that it would um, convey the full emotional impact of all of the pieces of material that we had been generating, bring it all together. And it's a testament to the team that um, they pulled off that balance. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm really dang proud of what we ended up uh, bringing together. Were you, how did you feel about the, the reaction to it? Because like, it, got a, it got a big reaction, didn't it? It was wild. I remember very distinctly. I was saying it's a wild game. I think it deserved that reaction. Yeah, I remember very distinctly uh, the day that it got nominated for a whole bunch of IGFs, even, and this was in its beta state, so a whole lot of the things we did to close all of those emotional threads and pay that off hadn't been actually put into the game yet. This was just what we had submitted to the IGF. Um, that night, the night previous, I had been making as a younger person jokes about not knowing who sting was and discovering him for the first time and uh, i went to sleep with the um screams uh, of the old and dying ringing in my ears uh and when i woke up in the morning like my phone was kind of buzzing off of my bed and i was like oh god the sting tweets they destroyed me my career is destroyed (laughs) I went to bed with this Sting stuff, and now I'm waking up without a career. And it turned out that um, we had been nominated for like three or four IGFs and got an honorable mention in two other categories. There was a really stunning reception to the game. Um, and I'm so thankful, not just personally, but also on a team basis, that the really exceptional small details uh that make up a game like that the amount of love that comes through in a thousand small ways um got appreciated because uh a game like hypnospace is basically composed of those moments and you just kind of put that out into the world and hope that people can see what you're saying and feeling and trying to convey with those kind of projects, I mean, are you looking for things that are, are going to stand out or, or, you know, is it just stuff that you like to make and it happens to be a little bit more abstract? Because I would, I think it's fair to say all the projects you work on are quite unusual. And is that just your style, your vibe? Or like when you're brought on to other projects, are you, are you looking for that same kind of um, unusualness, I will say? I guess it's, a good way of describing what I look for in a project is the ability to pull off something interesting, compelling, and focused in a way that does not destroy the people who are making it. Because it's all well and good to say that we want to make great games. Uh, I want to make great games, but that great game doesn't mean anything if it wrecks the lives of the people involved. If even the production of the game necessitates like taking out a mortgage on your house or to in, in some way incurring so much risk that you cannot continue your creative career. Um, the vast majority of even 
double A and triple A releases are reaching this point of unsustainability uh, and scale where a single failure can wipe out even decades of stored up goodwill and portfolio. And my focus is on ensuring that me and the wonderful people I collaborate with, and it's, uh, there's some faces that pop up across the projects, but usually it'll be these distinct teams that I run through the development label of Strange Scaffold. I'm always looking for what allows us to convey something that's cool and weird and out of left field, but also if no one plays or cares about the game at all, allows everyone to walk away on the scathe to continue making their next hit or their next passion project. Um, people deserve the opportunity to make bad games, uh, to last long enough to make bad games so that they can make their truly great ones. Uh, which I think is a, yeah, a fantastic sentiment, but must be quite a hard one to actually manage and achieve in, in this industry. Yeah, putting it lightly. <laughs> so well done on doing it so far and also doing it making great games. You haven't made bad games at all. That's that's very kind. <laughs> there are those who would disagree with you. Uh, well, what did they know? <laughs> They're fools. Um, we we must get on to talking about, as I'm going to call it, Dog Airport Game. Uh, how did you come up with this game? It was produced from a development accident. Um, okay. I've wanted to make a game about airports for a long time. And I... Perfect case study of like making something that's focused and compelling. Um, I had already ahead of time figured out the, the overall structure of this game so the core loop of being surrounded by an alien language you don't understand mm. um finding the conditions under which you can take your flight experiencing a mid-flight narrative vignette and then ending up back in the uh the next airport that always remains static what changed wildly because we had the freedom of knowing exactly what we we're making ahead of time was the context. So we needed just something temporary to represent the airline receptionists. And because I'm the type of weird that I will put things into a game just as a joke to myself, I found a public domain image of a step of a Jack Russell Terrier. And I was like, this is going to be our receptionist. Being also one of my first times working in engine with unity. Suddenly I've got an eight foot tall, jack russell terrier photo towering over me asking if i want a ticket to uranus <laughs> and uh i had a branching in the road there i was like okay i can make the serious parable about uh alien air travel that's been going through my head but maybe just maybe the process of making games can also be enjoyable and improvisational uh this is at a point where i had become laser focused on what matters is the game shipping uh it doesn't matter if i am destroyed in the process if the game is good that means i'm good and as long as the game gets out the door all of these sacrifices make sense and having this fork in the road was a moment at which to think 
what if the process of making games is as important, if not more so, than even the result of those processes? What if it could be, what would a game look like if it was born from joy? And we decided to take that route and the results speak for themselves. <laughs> they, and it emerges directly from that process. Every bit of this game, first of all, emerges from a man who was writing a huge amount of this at 3 a.m. So much of this game was written at some moment at 3 a.m. Uh, and the other thing is, yeah, me and uh, my, uh, the programmer designer on the game, um, Tom Benita, we just kept finding ways of making each other laugh and making ourselves laugh and hoping that the human emotion underlying all of this oddity is what would carry uh, that world through and make it all cohesive. And judging by initial reactions, uh, people seem to feel that that was indeed the case. Um, we have a question in the chat saying, what are you saying and, and, and trying to convey in, in Dog Airport Gamer? You've kind of answered it a bit there with your with your uh, expressions of joy, but in terms of, I guess, the, the, the game itself as well, the gameplay? Uh, I would say that what we're trying to convey with an airport freely that's currently run by dogs is a... sense of value in things that should be garbage it's a game made out of excuse my french fucking stock photos <laughs> uh and the entire point of the project is to take this thing that is seemingly meaningless the chaff of our digital lives stock photos of all things and investing them with meaning and heart and with empathy uh if you can feel care for a stock photo um if you can emotionally connect to and feel something for a picture of a dog then we can give you an entire bandwidth of human emotion an entire spectrum of ways in which to experience what it means to travel what it means to be human uh it's all about finding the unlikely package that allows for that to happen. And what better package than one covered in JPEGs of dogs? See, now I was going to ask you, how did you pitch a game like this? But you pitched it perfectly there. You are fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I can see why you've got the job you have. You're, that was amazing. I, if I heard that pitch, Thank I'd you. say, yes, I will, I will back this game. Um. Another really top-notch question here in the chat is, uh, what is your favorite type of dog? A uh, real, you know, complex one. Oh, this is a really tough one. Mm, I thought this would be the hardest one. So, the most important and favorite type of dog is a dog that is right in front of you at any given moment. Excellent. If there is a dog right here, that is that becomes the center of your universe until you turn your head slightly to the left and it's like another dog this is the favorite dog now and as if you can continue to share your heart with every single new dog you see um in general i think you'll be well 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 placed just a balanced human being 
Have you ever thought about getting into politics? Because uh, the answers that you're giving here are fantastic. They're, they're excellent in terms of taking some, you know, something and get running with it. I, I love that I ask you what your favourite dog is and you came up with that answer. It's fantastic. Um, but it, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. Um, do people, because obviously you, you were working on lots of different projects and now you've got this kind of t- team that's uh, made Dog Airport Game. You're making, as you mentioned, Space Warlord, uh, Organ Trading Simulator, which I'll quickly ask you about in a moment. But do you still have people coming to you asking you to work on projects or are you are you making your own stuff mainly now? I'm making a lot of my own stuff, but uh, I, I have also had the fortune to collaborate with other developers on a variety of things. Uh, Skatebird, which is uh, coming soon, TM. Tell us about um, that, if you can. That has a full story campaign. There's a wine aunt in there named Beulah, oh. who's done a whole bunch of crimes, and she's a she's a wine aunt in bird form. Um, oh. And I had the fortune of collaborating with uh, Megan Fox and the Glass Bottom Games team uh, as a narrative director on that game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hopping between universes, <laughs> whether I build them or uh, other people are building them to add a sense of whimsy and of making the impossible uh, meaningful and at least slightly related potentially to cannibalism. So, oh. uh, you know. This this is how we make video games in 2021. I guess this is how you is. win. Um, has there ever been? Well, has there been a game um, that you've seen that you're like, oh, I wish I could have worked on that. Is, is is there anything like that that you you wish you could have worked on, but you just obviously you weren't able to, or um, something that you really admire that you wished you could have worked on? Honestly, at this point, no. Uh, again, with the long term view. I have this, there's this odd cessation of pressure, or maybe that's just me surpassing the boundaries of fatigue into the phantom zone. But uh, I, if I haven't worked with someone cool on a thing already, I mean, hey, there's there's three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Uh, the urgency to bring something to life is much reduced um because in general as long as i don't die myself uh and as long as i ensure that the people i collaborate with are in as best a position to not die Mm. we can we can get around to it Mm. Or someone else can make a really rad thing and we can get the opportunity to just play it instead of having to have the burden of making it ourselves. <laughs> I'm, I've had the opportunity to work on some genuinely fantastic, incredible things, including things like Reigns Beyond. Reigns is one of my favorite series of all time and I got yes. the chance to be uh, the writer. Uh, they're, they're like, I, I don't know what the, the term for it would be, but the the lead writer that they collaborated with outside of the team themselves, who also generated quite a few of the cards and reigns and um, made that game what it is. I, I've had the opportunity to work on a bunch of cool things. There's a bunch of other cool things that are what is or could or should but they didn't happen because they weren't supposed to happen. I, I'm making a game about dogs and airports. 
You <laughs> made it. It's anything done. Could, anything could come next. <laughs> That's, yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, have you ever had an idea for a game um, which you've just thought, no, that's too out there. I can't possibly make this into a game. Several times, uh, and then I end up making that game. So yeah. I, I don't know what that says about me. But uh, I'll tell you if one day we, we hit a concept that's like, you know, we, we can't do organs in space. That's just, that's just too wild, man. <laughs> Which leads me on to tell us about Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator. The title kind of explains what it's about, but um, mm -hmm. when might that be coming out? And um, how, how is it going to work as a game? It's a sci-fi body horror market tycoon game that comes out later this year, TM. Uh, and you buy, sell, and trade the one thing that everyone needs and wants in a strange and evolving universe. Organs. Alien organs. Human organs. Juicy old hearts. Uh, a emperor frog from across the universe is partying his royal ass off. And he wants three livers so that he doesn't have to stop. He can just switch them out when they fail. So there is a demand. You provide the supply. Amazing. I love it. Okay. Um, we, we have an excellent, again, question in the chat saying, is there a bird in Skatebirds named Tony Hawk? Can you let us know if that, and if there isn't, will there be one? Will you put it in just for us? There is a mythical figure known as Anthony. And I think that that's all I can say. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's Well, that's answered that question. Um, uh, another question. As a game developer, what thoughts go into the decision about how and where the game sold? For example, when picking a digital store, what factors go into saying yes or no? Are there any factors? <laughs> This is a big old question, is, so I'd yeah. say, especially with the, the range of projects that we're working on, Strange Scaffold, we're releasing one of the seven projects we have in development today. Uh, I think there's seven or eight uh, that are trundling along now. And with that many things on the go, a huge factor that plays a role in what platform i bring my game to outside of someone just straight up giving me money which is a big motivator and allows me to ensure that me and my collaborators can uh safely embark on a development journey with something weird like this is convenience how easy is it for me to bring my game to this platform uh if i have to learn networking-based architecture and Linux to bring my single-player dog airport game to your platform. That makes it a much harder... It makes it a much harder proposition in, for, in terms of justifying that effort than something like itch.io, mm. which is like, hey, if you have a game or a game-like object or just a thing that exists and you want to sell it in a friendly storefront, uh, itch. Also, you can adjust your revenue share yeah. because we're sustainable already. Um, 
it's kind of a no-brainer to just throw something on itch because they make the process so streamlined. Um, the I, I'm seeing platforms realizing the power of streamlining as well over time. I think the strides that Xbox is making in particular there, uh, we, are, we shipped on Xbox Series X and S, and when you make something for Xbox, it's still by no means a press button to port it button. But the process of bringing something to Xbox and Windows 10 and Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S, you are working through a, a single pipeline that they are making as streamlined as possible, as opposed to juggling four different versions of a console family. Um, when I see something like xCloud, which is literally just me in a contract saying, yes, you can put my game on xCloud, and they make it to where I can someone can play my game on a mobile phone in like Latin America, and I don't have to do any extra work. It's a checkbox after <laughs> I give them the game that's already formatted properly. I I already have to think about so many things. Mm, yeah. When a platform just makes it to where I don't have to think about anything, head empty, staring directly into the void from which uh, ideas and insanity comes. Yeah, I want to support that in a heartbeat, if only philosophically. <laughs> On principle, I want to enable this. What do you think about Itch coming to Epic in terms of it? they're going to be sharing... Uh the app on the epic store itself itself is, is is that a good thing for developers in that it's still going to be the itch app but it's also going to be shown on the on the epic front page i think there's smarter people than me to talk about this <laughs> but i will say as long as people buy my games <laughs> yes i am thankful that they have more ways in which to do it yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think that's fair enough as well. That's all you need to, as a developer. That's all you're basically thinking about in the end. And obviously, you want people to enjoy them as well. I imagine, not just buy them. I mean, maybe <laughs> the buying part is very the important. Buying is more important. Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, I do have a family. <laughs> you're really getting into that organ trading kind of mind isn't it it's all about the mechanical business of them yeah if as the chat says if they buy them who actually cares if they like them quite right i think so i be in all seriousness yeah, yeah. It, it means a lot to see people enjoy a game um you want to at least from the teams that i that i work with and especially direct we we want to reach someone emotionally and give them a fun time, but also do more than uh, make them just laugh or cry across these several emotional um, bandwidths, spectrums. Um, but yeah, if even the process of buying the game, if like you saw the, the really wild trailer we put out for Dog Airport game today yeah. and that brought you joy and it's like, okay, gonna hit the, the buy button. I mean, that in itself is an interaction. We just interacted there and you enjoyed the interaction and you paid me money and it's like, okay, when you get around to the game, if you get around to the game, I hope you enjoy it, but I'm glad that at some part of the process, we provided something interesting and uh, meaningful for you to 
use your hard earned money to support. Um, if we're making something boring, something has gone horribly wrong. Well, I wouldn't worry. You, you've not made anything boring. I don't think you need to worry about that. I'm going to ask you two more questions because I know you're very tired. And I thank you so much for, for chatting. I really do appreciate it. And I know it's been a long day. Uh, one question in the chat saying, um, uh, sorry if it's been asked, but how did you start building games? And how did you get past the part where you feel like you can't or that sucking at it is demoralizing you? We're all assuming you got past that part, but I think you did. <laughs> Uh, there is a part of that that remains with you always crawling at the back of your brain. Uh, just the, the horrible, terrifying itch that never goes away. Uh, unlike the delightful itch, uh, with, through which you can purchase, uh, such games as Can Androids Prey this guy's and, good. uh, Cellular Harvest, two other games I've worked on. Um, but as far as getting past that threshold, one thing that I found is very useful is finding the creative vision that allows you to get past your initial barrier to entry, whether it's the game, the, the design of the game, accommodating your beginner status or making something that's so out there that even if no one plays it, the fact that it exists at all feels like you're getting away with something. Like you've managed to pull a heist on the universe itself. I, I find that this type of um, self-fulfilling creativity plays a massive role in taking you past the point of I want to make something to the point of actually having made it. And finally, uh, a fairly simple question, hopefully, but what have you been playing outside of your, your own sort of projects at the moment? Are there games that you enjoy playing to relax or what other things have you been up to at the moment? Uh, one game I will go to bat for pretty wholeheartedly is Marvel's Avengers. It's actually good. <laughs> it's got a great story. The, it's a fantastic time with friends. It's a live service game that doesn't feel like it constantly wants to claim more of my life and consume all of my days. It's just uh, a nice time that I pop in and out of. And it feels like a live service game that you can enjoy as someone who is, well, maybe functioning is a strong term, but someone who's a functioning adult <laughs> uh, while also being able to play other things. I pop in for a half hour, I'm Iron Man, and then I'm done. It's a good time. That's, yeah, I mean, I, I was skeptical about that, that game, but again, you've sold it to me, so <laughs> I'll have to check it out now. Um, if you needed you... Captain America, well, I, I, I play quite a Captain America. Do you? I'm bouncing all over the place. Ooh. I throw my shield a ton. Oh. He doesn't do a lot of punching the way I play him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> It, and you could argue that is for the best. Probably, yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much. You're not, are you planning, if there is going to be one, are you planning to go to Adventure X this year? It, um, I, don't, I don't know if you've you've ever been before, but it seems like it'd be your kind of thing if, you, if you're if you ever around. I would be delighted to go anywhere that is not my home. 
at this point in 2021. So let's see the first opportunity to do that. That's good. And, I mean, uh, that's good enough uh, guarantee, I think. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's... I I am actively looking for opportunities to leave this 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 hell prison. And Let's on, do it. On, on that bombshell, <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, genuinely. I really, really appreciate uh, you having a chat with me. Uh, congratulations on Dog Airport Game. It's fantastic. It's it's bonkers, uh, but it's everything I think we expected it would be. And um, yeah, ha- have a good one. Thank you so much for chatting and. Please go sleep, please. <laughs> gonna go directly into that bed after this. Excellent. It has been a pleasure chatting. Thank you so much for making the time. Uh, Thank you. And to all of your viewers for the lovely questions. It was a blast. Thank you so much. And yeah, I can't wait for, for the organ trading as well. I don't, I don't think I've ever ended an interview with that. But um, there you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. So thanks very much to Zalavir for chatting to me there. An airport for aliens currently run by dogs is out now. You can get it on the PC, itch.io, Steam. It's on the Xbox Series S and X as well. Do check it out. It's a very interesting game. And if you do want to catch more interviews like that as they come out and ask questions in the chat, you can check out my Twitch as well. I'm simply Cressup, C-R-E-S-S-U-P. Thanks very much. See ya.